We're back first over without Edson Hatter, Nahu, Mikey P, Mike Probozzi, back with you here uh, for the weekly Mohawk pod that we've been doing. Uh, uh, Edison on vacation. Hope he's enjoying his time in Florida. I have with me uh, a uh, a frequent, co- I'm going to call him co-host right now because he's been doing a lot of these pods with me. And uh, again, one of my favorite horse players, has an excellent opinion. Uh, he's assistant editor to Trot Magazine, Mr. John Rollis. Welcome, John. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's funny, though. I don't even think I've ever given out a winning pick five ticket on here. Maybe because uh, it, it's tough to give out one particular ticket just because I'm I'm playing a few as is. But uh, it's pretty fascinating. But thank you for the kind words. It's nice, nice to be here. I, I certainly do feel like a co-host just because we've been on so frequently getting some great guests on. And unfortunately, we couldn't get one today. But I mean, hopefully that'll change within the next week or two. Yeah, no guests this week, but that's all right. We'll we'll hold down the fort here, and some of the bigger races are coming up here later in the in the spring, summer. I mean, we got we got a long way to go this year, and uh, but we can uh, you know we can talk about this week's races. You know, it's a typical February uh, Saturday night at Mohawk, and uh, I still think good races. They're they're getting about two million in handle almost every night, and and uh, last weekend was very strong. How do you feel about the product right now? How much you know time are you putting in and things like that? How much handle? What's your what's your thoughts? Obviously, like I mean, the excitement kind of subsides a little bit uh, this time of year because I mean, you're I mean, you exit Grand Circuit season. I mean, every everybody loves the summertime. You get to see the two top two and three year olds uh, race in North America, and that's always a lot of fun every week and watching their development and their progression. And I mean, it just uh, typically. It's just a slow time of year. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I don't work in the race office. I would assume the entry box is a little shorter than than usual, obviously, this time of year. But I think they're doing a, a fine job in putting races together in class. I know some people are likely critical in it. Some some nights, they're, it's probably not the best crop of horses. But I think that we should just be lucky to have racing at the end of the day. And um, we still get four nights a week. Uh, we're still putting together for the most part, full field. So yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's fine for the most part. Yeah. And it's, you know, you get, you're getting still strong handle. You get big pools. Uh, the, the, uh, the multi-leg wagers pay very well, I think. And, and you have a chance to make scores. So that's, that's one thing that I'm interested in. I, I, I do enjoy watching some of the B tracks and, and I'll sit and watch London on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And, and I'll, I'll spend some time watching Flamborough and things, but the, the handle just isn't quite what it is at this major track. And, and that's something that draws me. Uh, and, and no, do I bet every race? No, I don't bet every race. But I do feel like that there are opportunities and you, you can pick your spots. Uh, it's it's uh, a solid product. And the broadcast, I do enjoy too. I, I enjoy, I can put the, the uh, races on and sit and watch for several hours because I'm I'm entertained. I'm I'm having a good time watching the races. I look forward to the next race and the next race and the next race and and I'm I'm you know and it's not just for this week. It might be you might see something this week that you find for next week and things. So this is one kind of one continuous game, and uh, and that's why you have to be paying attention. And and then, you know and even if if I miss, I'm I'm still watching replays. I'm still doing homework. I'm still making notes and things. So there's opportunities. Uh, there's there's some thoroughbred guys that that aren't into harness racing, but I, I do feel like that there are positives. There, you know, they th- that's a lot of similar horses. They're racing the same distance. They're 
racing against each other almost every week. So there's, there's things to like, there's money to be made. Um, you know, so that's, that's my sort of soapbox here on that. Uh, we're going to talk about the pick five this week, but let's, let's talk a couple other things because Edison likes to talk sports and he talks about all this stuff. So we just had the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, I thought a fantastic game. Chiefs ended up winning late, a, a little controversial. Uh, I know you're a football fan, John. So what was your take on the game? What was your take on the finish? Uh, give us, give us some highlights. I mean, I thought it was, uh, like many people, it's hard to not to say that the game wasn't great. I mean, just both teams going back and forth. Um, Mahomes is just a quarterback that you can never, it just, he never dies. He just keeps going. I mean, you can just never find a way to put him away. I mean, it goes to show that he has a bad ankle and then he rushes for 26 yards in the in the fourth quarter. And that was his longest run of the season. And he does that in the Super Bowl on a hobbled ankle. Uh, I mean, you know what, like, it looked like that Philly was in control. And then obviously that fumble, I mean, the, the botch snap when it was third and one, it was going to be a quarterback sneak. Then it becomes a third and six. And then Jalen hurts uncharacteristically fumbles um, on his own and it gets recovered back for a touchdown. You thought that maybe that was a swing in the game, but then Philly goes up by 10 points after that, after that play. And, just Kansas City just kept finding a way to come back, and Philly's defense couldn't stop anybody. Hurts had the game of his life, and it still it still wasn't enough. I mean, you need to be perfect to be Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, it was a controversial call at the at the end. I mean, here's the thing: James Bradbury comes out and says that it was a hold. I know people don't like refs kind of deciding uh, the game in that situation, but my theory is if it's a hold in the first quarter, it should be a hold in the fourth quarter. It shouldn't it shouldn't change. It was a hold. Um, it did suck that it was kind of called in that moment, but that wasn't the play that defined the game. Uh, there were so many other opportunities that either team probably could have put away the game and won it. And that the fact of the matter is, is uh, Philly just couldn't get couldn't get a stop. They had a really poor game defensively, and um, Kansas City just uh, they just kept finding a way to put up points. I mean, it's just what Andy Reid and and Pat Mahomes do. They're just a a great quarterback head coach duo, and they were able to find a way and get it done. They just, they're just so hard to put away. Even when you thought the Bengals were going to win that game in the AFC championship, they, they found a way. I mean, they always find a way and that's just, that's just the way it is. And that's kind of like the way Brady was too. And it's, it's some of these guys, they're just serial winners. Like a Jordan found a way to win all the time. Kobe found a way to win all the time. Crosby finds a way to win. When he gets close, when those guys get close, they just find a way to get it done. And, and I feel like that there's something to be said for that. And and experience matters too. I mean, Andy Reid's been in, in the league a long time. He's been there and lost uh, several times. He's And he, he found a way to make adjustments. I mean, they they were, you know, kind of getting it handed to him in that first half. And then you had Mahomes hobbling around. You know, you had kind of – they were a little bit fortunate with that fumble, I think. and But they were in it. And, and that was huge came out in the second half. It was like a different team. It was like a different game. Everything got turned on its head, and and uh, obviously they were two best teams. Very enjoyable Super Bowl, though. Very, you know, some Super Bowls you get are blowouts. Some are duds. This wasn't any of that. It was it was back and forth, and and really engaging. Uh, how how did you do betting? Did you did you were you a props guy? Did you, I didn't really have a a great opinion on who was winning. I, I kind of thought like Kansas City would get it done because they had the better quarterback, but. The props I thought were there. There were places you could you could make some money. 
to to be honest, you know, there I I thought there was plenty of opportunity to make money in the props, and I thought from a side perspective in terms of who would win the game outright, who would cover the spread, I thought it was a coin flip. Obviously, I saw some tickets out when Kansas City was down by uh, ten points that took Kansas City on the live game in the money line. I was I was recommended by some very intelligent um, football betters to to bet a few props. I just I was at a Super Bowl party. I just sat and just wanted to be a viewer, and I'm I'm glad that I chose to do that. But they uh, they recommended a hurts anytime touchdown um, score. They recommended under in um, yardage from a Holmes, and um, I was recommended to take uh, over in Isaiah Pacheco and rushing yards, and uh, those all hit. So obviously those people kind of lured me in uh, that in that direction. And I just, I just wanted to be a spectator. I personally didn't play any, any props, but I definitely would have had success if I, if I tailed those um, wagers that were recommended to me. But I, I'm, like I said, I'm really glad that I didn't play because I really don't know which direction I would have gone. And it was just a really enjoyable game. And I'm, I'm glad that I was just a spectator. The interesting thing about a lot of these props too, that are out there, you know, especially in the Super Bowl. I mean, and, and there's props all over sports betting now and things like that, but the Super Bowl, it's so magnified. And, uh, I would think, you know, everybody that's playing that these these props and these different things, you would think some of these people would be attracted to racing because of the different odds and things. Like I'm taking, I'm looking at props to try to make scores. I'm saying, oh, this is a prop that's twenty to one. Even even the one that I liked that didn't hit was a a non quarterback to throw a touchdown. That's twenty to one. And you know, uh, there there were props with uh, Jalen Hurts to score three touchdowns that were double digits. There were props to have a, a player score eight points on a drive that was 17 or 18 to one. So people are drawn to those big tickets, the big scores, the big parlays. And in racing, we have that every night. You have the the chances for pick fives, pick fours, big scores. You have the chance to get a horse in the Kentucky Derby that pays $160. I mean, it's out there. And, and that's why I feel like that racing is one of the best games because we offer these sort of opportunities on a daily basis. And, and, you know, it's a game that I, I feel like that you can learn, you can get better uh, just with spending time doing it and learning from certain people. And and that's important. And I, I feel like the marketing of racing would benefit by pushing more towards th- those kind of things, the opportunities, um, the, the, uh, the odds, the, the nature and the, the, that it's a gambling game that, that can be, you know, use to, to do well and make money and, and have fun and, and, and things like, I just feel like that we don't do enough of that. And especially with the Super Bowl, when you see the amount of money that's being bet now that, that sports betting has basically exploded all over the country. And, and, you know, Canada, it's been there for quite a while. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that we want to piggyback off that, but I think things can be done to market racing better, uh, in a gambling way. So I'm not sure well, what you think. Yeah, and I think you need to lure a crowd to to watch horse racing. Like everybody watches sports, right? Like people are watching. There's so many sports out there, and a lot of people are watching it. And now they have the ability to to wager on said sport. So that makes it a bit more fun for them when they're able to sprinkle a few dollars on a game here and there. Are fun little player props, and now same game parlays have uh, have taken over. Now that's that that's the biggest thing. And and the thing about the sports books is they're offering promotions all the time, right? They're offering people these super boosts. They're offering, um, I mean, all these sign up bonuses are. I mean, you you three six five. You're a new customer. You spend ten dollars. You're you're getting a two hundred fifty dollar bonus and bet credits, which is really enticing. And all these other 
uh, books that that follow suit and do that. That's the thing is like people are already watching sports. Horse racing is a specific niche, and you it's one of those things that you're not really gonna start watching unless somebody brings you to the track or if somebody kind of gets you to, to watch, right? Because it's not really it's it's not on TV all the time the way sports is, right? Like we have here in Canada, we've got the HPI package that you need to order, right? And most people are ordering our order our horse players, right? I mean, you can watch the stream. The stream's free online, but again, it's not something that you're going to be, you, you need to go find it. You need to be recommended. So it's a big thing to bring a younger demographic to the track so they can kind of be introduced to it. And it, and it is a great game. And when you really start thinking about it as there's opportunities for score because you're banging in a pool against other people. It's not fixed odds like in sports where you're locking in a number and that's your that, that's the number you're getting. I mean, you're playing in a pool with other money, and if you can find a, an advantage in that said pool, especially in multi-leg wagers, you could get rewarded quite handsomely, right? I mean, I remember the first time I uh, I played a pick four ticket, and that that's when I really knew I wasn't a multi-leg wager when I was younger. Uh, I was just getting into it. I still didn't have the knowledge that I do have now, but I just remember being enticed by a horse called Surf Report, and he was like 30 to 1 that night. And uh remember I played like a dollar win four, I think homie Joe was out that night and it was a late driver change to Sylvan Filion in like the sixth race it was announced. So I figured that was, that was an edge I have. Here's a horse that I've been liking. Mark McCory has been driving the horse. Uh, the trainer comes off and they put Sylvan to drive the horse when the change was announced in the sixth race. I go, perfect. This is like an edge and surf report was one that I had to, and again, I wasn't really good at deciphering odds. I was still starting out, but here you go is a cheap $12 ticket that I spend. It was for a buck. Spent $12. I think I went key by three by four by key. And I, I key surf report and he wins at 30 to one. I didn't, again, I didn't know he would be that big odds, but I just remember he broke in a pretty, in a spot that I believe that he might've had a good chance to get a big piece of it a couple weeks prior and ended up hitting and it paid over four grand. And that's when I really realized that like, that's when it hit me like, man, we're, you find one spot and you can really, you can really capitalize. And that's when I fall in love with uh, multi-leg wagers. But again, it's just that you need to lure people to horse racing. And like the same way, like I got brought up on horse racing is I spent a lot of time with my family there and obviously being related to some people in the industry and, and people who um, were predominant figures in, in the game. I was, I spent a lot of time because that meant family time for me as well. And I don't know if I would have been gravitated towards horse racing if I wasn't introduced to it at a young age and I loved it. And again, the same needs to be said for other people. That's the thing. Sports are always going to be on. People always watch sports. It's just you need to literally bring people to the track to experience it there because it's hard to really have them experience it just on a on a television set. The atmosphere is a lot better being there in person. It's just you need to you need to get people there. And I think when they do go there, they're going to know how much fun it is. And I think that they're going to want to want to visit again. Yeah, some other news this week. And uh, I think Fox, uh, Fox Sports and their, their uh America's best racing broadcast, and they do a lot of thoroughbred broadcasts during, I guess it's all year round now, and, and they're going to have more harness racing in the upcoming year. And that's, I feel like that's important, getting it on TV and getting it exposed and even having more thoroughbred players kind of cross over. I think that that's important. Uh, other news this week, uh, and, and this is this is a little close to home, but uh, the uh, Charlie May decision in uh, New Jersey, then the judge stated basically that, uh, you know, the disqualification was incorrect. And so there's going to you know, be a ruling on that coming up uh, within New Jersey racing. And and the judge basically, uh, you know, threw out that disqualification. What, what did you make of that news? 
I think maybe John has left us. Sorry, Mike. I had a delivery at my door. Oh. I don't know if you can edit that part. I missed that part. Sorry. Somebody was, it was a delivery for my sister. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, that's why I texted. Give me one minute. Sorry. Do you want to repeat that part? Cause I missed it. Cause I had to run and get it. I didn't know they were coming now though. Um, Oh no, I was <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I texted you and I'm like, fuck, I heard the door and I didn't want to cut you off. So I like ran downstairs and, and got the, I had to sign for a package. My sister ordered a gift for, for my mom. Uh, well, anybody that's familiar with these podcasts <laughs> knows that usually when we're, we're filming them, John either gets a phone call or a delivery or, you know, um, there's there's all kind of stuff going on with John. But what what I was saying was, was the news this week about uh, extended racing on television. And then I asked about the Charlie May decision. What did you make of that? I mean, if it's the, if it's the right call, it's the right call. I mean, like... Uh... I mean, again, there's a lot going on. There's, there's history on the line. Uh, there's money on the line. I mean, you want to get it right. And if it gets overturned, it gets overturned. Again, some people might say, oh, it's been so long. Why are they going to overturn it now? Well, I mean, no, if you felt like you got screwed by a decision, it should, I mean, even if it takes months to rectify it, then, I mean, whatever they, whatever they decide, it, it is tough because you're celebrating I mean, obviously, it's tough for Lala Shadow's connections because it's kind of weird winning. I, I mean, it's weird winning a a Meadowlands pace when off a disqualification, right? Like right, right. Yeah. you you run you run second, and then Charlie May uh, gets disqualified, and then you get placed as the winner, and it's it's kind of a weird feeling. I mean, Lala Shadow still raced great. Was still, uh, I mean, deserving in the sense that the performance, but Charlie May was also exceptional in that race, and for something. It was a controversial decision. Um, I mean, it's tough because of just the race and the money on the line. So if you do feel like it's a race that needs to, I mean, if you do feel like it's, it was the right decision to do it, then they'll keep it. If they feel like it is the wrong decision, then they should announce. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to play out, even if it's years later. I mean, you obviously know the owner fairly well. I'm not sure. I'm sure he just wants to be recognized because he feels like his horse was probably um, like, got wrongfully disqualified and i mean we'll just let other people who decide that i'm not in a position to even decide that to be honest with you or i'm not sure where they go but again it's big money on the line and it's recognition and it's your name in the history books of, of, of past winners and it's just it's a big deal though yeah and, and i think it was in, and and like don said it's it's important for racing and and you know it's almost like replay with football is is that you want to get it right you want to get the call right uh you know it's just like that you know, last play the play in the Super Bowl with the holding. You, you want to get it right, so it doesn't matter what time it is or what like the situation. Get it right, and and with the things that they presented to the court and and what what they needed to do, and the judge agreed. So that that's where you have to go if you have a grievance. If you have, you feel like that you've been wronged, and there's money involved. You, you have to go to the court. And and John, I mean, and 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 uh, Don has spent a, a lot of money you know, to pursue this. And obviously he was in, in this setting proven that, okay, that they were correct. So now it, it goes back to uh, New Jersey racing and they have to make a, a decision regarding that. And there could be some appeals and things like that, but I'm sure. And I know that, that he feels like that, that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of vindication and it's, it's very important. And, and uh, you know, so 
I, I do feel like though that he is kind of fighting for the little guy in a lot of ways, and and uh, we just want things to be right and get better, and 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 that's in everything. So uh, I thought it was an important decision, and uh, um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Like you said, let's focus on now. We'll talk about this Saturday. I think we've talked enough about some other things. So we'll talk about this Saturday's pick five, and this is Woodbine Mohawk on. Saturday night, races one through five, $100,000 guarantee. Go to woodbine.com backslash Mohawk for free programs. Again, great programs there. You get uh, the uh, Horse Player Journal with Robert Reed. Go to DRF Harness, get some uh, Garnett Barnsdale thoughts on every race card. Definitely go there all the time. Even though I'm doing my work, I go to these guys, look and see what I'm missing, things like that. So these are all good sources of information. Check those out every week. Race one. We have five-year-olds and younger. Now one is up two on the pace. I thought that this was probably the toughest race of the sequence. I do like a horse in here, John. Where are you at here in race number one? Uh, I mean, race number one, it is a pretty – it's actually a pretty deep field. I mean, Barrett Hanover was a, was a big chalk last week and really, really faltered. I mean, that that race was kind of odd for me. You almost feel like you – you kind of want to scratch that race out of your mind just because he was so good back on the 28th off the layoff, even off the qualifier. And then, but he throws in a, a major clunker last week. Um, I mean, which nobody really expected, including myself, but, but I won't, I still won't use him off that, off that line. I, I'm not, you can make an excuse for him and say whatever, but I'm just not really, uh, I'm not going to throw him in there. I'm going to use um whammer jammer. I mean, again, the lines aren't great, but he, he exits out of the snowshoe. There's no Camara moments or I met buddies in here. He's picking up Lasix for the first time, and Scott Young did uh, did did pick him over the five in this race. Uh, who I also think has a big shot. He got a tr- he got a trouble trip uh, his latest as Tough Cooper. So now Bob Bob McClure picks up the drive here. So I'm going to go to the middle of the gate, and I'm going to use Whammer Jammer and Tough Cooper as my. Uh, and I'm also going to throw in Silk Road Smash on the outside as well. Uh, I thought he was much much better last week, and I think that he could uh, continue to improve here. So I'm going to go four five nine in the first race. Yeah, it's a tough race. Uh, Barrett Hanover certainly got roughed up against a different bunch of horses, like uh, the Hunted Houses, the Bucking Betters. That's uh, kind of a different bunch than these horses. I'm, I'm not really feeling the Whammer Jammer here. I feel like he has something to prove, even though he's getting Lasix. But I do like uh, Tough Cooper. If you watch that February 11th, race number 11 race, he was claimed, stepped into the race, and th- this horse had been winning very like in that condition claiming level showed pace early ended up in the pocket and you know that was a quick pace they went 26 and four early this horse typically isn't right on the front uh sort of a different style for him ended up behind a stopper whenever he finally got clear of that horse in the stretch he came back on again still kicked 28 and two despite all that trouble and was threatening late to get a top three finish I really like that race. I like that tr- the the fact that he improved off the claim that they stepped him up and he raced well. He was big odds in that race. I don't think he will be quite that price in this race because a lot of people are going to see that line. Uh, but he draws well again. I feel like that he could win with any sort of trip, and so he's very interesting to me. Now I'll use some other ones that I think will be prices. The one no better joy. This is a different spot for this horse. Look at these recent nine holes. The and he's facing horses that are, are a different kind. These are numbers of two. He's stuck against the point to my grandsons. That horse has won probably 20 races in its life. So 
that that's that's a whole different level of horse. Rock and Twist was in that race coming out of those upper level claimers. Two back, this horse was in against Bayfield Beach. You had this horse against Stone Carver, three back. Those are all really, I think, tougher races than this race is. You get a better post. He's kind of going to get lost in the race. I'll use that one. And then the eight, Party in the Shadows, uh, a horse that's claimed by Barassa here. It comes out of those uh, that upper-level pop-up claiming final where they went for 30000 This horse has been racing even. Those are tough races, though. I'm a Rocket, uh, Boy Named Suze, Legal Better, all would take definite action in this race. This horse is kind of a, a tough read, though. He typically comes from far out of it. Uh, he does have some quirks, though the the claim is interesting to me. I feel like the price will be okay enough to use. I was one five eight in race number one. Race number two, we have nominators of one on the pace. Another not easy race. I I feel like that uh, I'm gonna go slim here. Uh, John, where did, what did you like here in race number two? I I went to the inside here. I mean, I went to Speaker of Peace. We'll be making a second lifetime start. Um... And I went to Rye as well with the Chris Matthews driving and training. I needed Rye last time. Uh, I mean, at a big number. I mean, he was in a perfect spot. And uh, Captain Q just first up, he followed him. A horse broke and he kind of uh, gapped a little bit and kind of went wide. But when he straightened out, he just couldn't get to, to McNair uh, in time. So I really like this one. I, again, it won't get the same price though this week. Out. And Speaker of Peace is, a, is an interesting horse. The line doesn't do justice in the qualifier. I thought that qualifier was much better. He was fifth beaten seven and a half lengths. He comes out in his first start. It's a big price, 25 to one. Um, you know, just probably just needed a start. I mean, he had a chance to follow. Uh, head honcho was, I think, the four to five shot in that race and stayed in and then ended up following better, better hold on tight. And um, I mean, this, this gelding was pacing 27 and one. I mean, he still got beaten three lengths, but he pretty, he, he looked good at the end of it. And I do think that with the second, start out on the big track he could he could really make some noise here i do think that this guy's got uh got a bit of talent it appears so i am gonna go to the inside of the gate with ryan speaker of peace those are those are the two that i'm gonna use i'm not really fond of of anybody else in here to be honest uh i agree i'm i'm one two in the race i i feel like it's it's if it's not one it's got to be the other right i mean it's but it's a tough read because Neither one of these horses were exactly dominant or really knocking on the door for a win in the last. I thought Rye raced well. I did kind of avoid that trouble to the inside. Uh, the winner did kind of get away just a touch there, and he had to to track him down. And, and he was getting there at the end, and that was a well-meant first-timer, Captain Q. Uh, this horse is improving, third back, but intent is always a key. Are, are they trying to win? This time, uh, you, you kind of have to make that decision. Same thing with Speaker of Peace. Uh, it sort of got an educational trip first time out. Really was not, uh, you know, very prominent away from the gate and, and did finish up nicely. So that was a nice first start you know, for a three-year-old. I would imagine he has to improve here, but the lack of gate speed, horses kind of get some traffic. And you know how these non-winners of one types are. Tricky reads. The problem is, is if you don't take those two, who else are you going to take? Uh, you know, you have the the better hold on tights in the race who has had their chances and has proven that, yes, that they might be able to get there given the perfect circumstance. But now he kind of moves outside. Uh, there's not a ton of speed in the race. So I'm, I'm going to live and die with the one and two. They're, they are definitely going to be the two bad horses in the race. Uh, I, I think it's a tricky read. 
but I don't like anything else. So one, two, race number two. The third race here, non-winners uh, of two, not more than four on the pace. And these are these are nice horses. They're going for 21,000. I'm going to single a horse in this race. I'm curious what you think. I'm going to single a horse in this race too. I'm going to single last beach. I mean, the last couple of times he was at this, at this level, he was, I mean, he was runner up finisher to pack backstreet gambler who was just uh, reeled off. A, I mean, a few straight wins already. He exits the snowshoe series again, and there's no Camara moments. There's no Emmett's buddy in here um, again. And I mean, he draws well and you've just, so he's just been so good at this level already. So I'm going to single last beach. I, I think he's the one to beat here, but I'm not, Really willing to go against anybody else. Hunted House, I mean, this is a horse that raced well last week. I mean, you could say he got kind of like a, a luckiest trip. I'm surprised that he, he got up, to be honest. I know you were really fond of Bucking Better, the four horse. I mean, he really, really should have uh, gotten up there to win, but he hung a little bit too. I'm surprised that Hunted House, Hunted House was able to get up there, but that was that was still a strong effort to um, shipping over to to Mohawk and getting the win. But I, I'm just I'm going to single last beach because I, I just think that this is a, this is probably a much easier spot for him. I understand the last beach love. Uh, the one thing that that did, that does concern me about him was, and I don't know if this was intentional, but in that uh, snowshoe in those races, he never really left the pylons. I mean, he was he was always just kind of even and and racing even. Now far against better horses, yes, but he, it's not like that he was threatening. You know that that first leg he did, but beyond that, I mean, the last two were just sort of even races. Were those races too fast for him? Should he be better here? Um, you know, Mac Donnell still hasn't won a race this year. So I'm curious to see the trip. My, my thing about Hunted House is, and I'm going to single that one. And, and you said to us, like, even in the group chat, you're like, they weren't even trying to win. And yet they somehow found a way to win. The really, the horse had no business winning, uh, had a tough trip from the outside post, ended up leaving early. It looked like that, that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to make it around that last turn, just sort of was uh, floundering. And then as soon as the hole opened in the stretch, he took off and he ended up catching Buck and Better, who had an absolute stone cold perfect trip. And I had still can't figure out how he didn't win. And, and it cost me a lot of money and I'm still upset about it. But the fact that this horse overcame that outside draw, the fact that the, the ship, uh, the, the trip that wasn't really perfect, even though that they walked home in the race, I, I feel like that he has to be better. They paid a lot of money for this horse. I'm. I, I think that any sort of improvement equals a win. Uh, so, and I need for ticket purposes to kind of narrow down here. I understand the two. I. I'm never going to play the four again off of that. You know, even though he did race pretty well there. Uh, give me the. Give me the three in race number three. I, I should say though that it's. Not, I. I didn't mean that he. It's not that he. He didn't want to win. It's just that he got a trip that you normally wouldn't win off. Right. I, I. I know. I, I probably said that bad. That was a poor choice of words. You're right. But but he but it was just a trip that typically you don't see too many too many horses win off of considering where where Buck and Better was in the race right like Buck and Better I mean at the when he was coming you know that he's like you, you figure he's like a cinch to win. And then somehow uh, Hunted House just escapes late, and he's able to get a nose up when, when his rival's already got like half a length length on him. And you think the momentum should carry him to, and he just hung right. So it was, uh, I mean, it was a good effort from Hunted House. And shout out to to Murray Sloat who uh, or Sloat who who actually owns a piece of, of a Hunted House too. So nice of him to be on the the winning end of it too. Yeah, and I feel like that horse probably has to improve here, right? I mean, that shouldn't he? He's got to if he's better than last week. I mean, he's probably supposed to win. Agreed. Race number four, 
another nightmare is a Wana on the pace here. And I, I feel like some people might latch on to one in here. Uh, but a lot of trouble trips. I'm curious what you like in race number four. This is honestly, this is a really, really, uh, really tough field. Um, I mean, there's not really anyone that that stands stands out to me. I mean, South Patron was was all right qualifying, um, but again, it's his first lifetime start. I mean, how much stock could you really put in this uh, betting line, Colt? Uh, I mean, it's just a really, really tough... I mean, edge of the world, I mean, he qualifies, but he hasn't been able to stay flat. Just always seems to run at, like, the worst time or, or just gets a bad trip. It's just... There's a, there's a lot of horses that have a lot of X. I mean, Teen Tadler took support as if he was a, a huge goal last week. And he just was... Uh, I mean, he was flat. But now he draws the 10-hole. How much do you like him here? Uh, Royal JK is another horse that just... He, he was on the lead. No, Really no, no excuse and, and kind of faded to fifth. So... I mean, right right now in this in this spot, I almost feel like I'm just gonna look to the middle of the gate. Baby's Beach Bomb, I mean, was a solid uh, second place effort. Lost by beating four lengths, serious mojo. I feel like this one's obviously a content a big contender here. And then I'll probably go with uh, Mike Roan. I mean, picks up like, broke on February fourth in the non winners of two back in a ma- I mean, gets a flat line in the maiden. Wasn't didn't really do anything, but again, might be more aggressive tonight. Uh, in this spot, shows a couple 27 final quarters, so I'll probably go 6-7 in here. Um, very different. I don't have either of those. Uh, I think you have to make a decision on Teen Tadler, right? Uh, I felt like that the steam, especially since the horse hadn't had a win, was was interesting, and J-Mac landed there, and he was aggressive, right? I mean, he left early, got strung out to the quarter, really had to work to, to get to the front, and then... Uh, Basically got run over, but ended up third in there despite the trouble behind him and things like that. But he, he was he was a clear third in that race. I don't think anything else was getting by him, but he did avoid some of that back trouble when um, you know there was that breaker that scrambled the field in that race. Now you get the ten hole, but there's really I mean I would think the nine and ten have to go off the gate. Those are your two speed horses. McNair probably will leave. Also, what sort of trip does the ten get in the race? I'm I'm not sure. And I'm curious to see how they bet this horse again. Will, will the, the action still come or will they kind of – and you see this sometimes at Mohawk. You'll see a horse get bet off the board and then next week you can't find it. The, the, the horse ends up in the 10 hole and it's 15 to 1 in the race. I think that will determine a lot how the horse goes. I'll use other ones here, the four uh, better times ahead. Now, this isn't a horse that I would typically want, right? Uh, 0 for 13, broke behind the gate last time and was gapped ended up 16 lengths early. But the thing that I did like was after all that trouble, this horse was going forward late and was is looking like despite starting way back early, just just seemed interested in the stretch. And and if you look back that February 4th line, this horse raced much better at 26 to 1, uh so much so that the horse was bet in half in that last race. And I I thought the early break was obviously cost him the trouble obviously cost him, and yet he was still coming forward in the stretch. So I feel like that he's interesting to me and is going to be a big price. And then the eight delightful kiss. Uh, this is a horse that definitely had trouble last time because of the the uh, the break and and was impeded. And, and he was going forward also in the stretch. Uh, now you get McClure back. This horse was ten to one, two back, kicked twenty seven and three to be fourth. 
I just feel like improvement is possible. Really can't gauge that last race as a, a third time starter because of all the trouble. And I, I feel like you could have better stabs in this race. So, excuse me, four eight ten. Or did I lose my voice? <coughs> excuse me. Race number four. That's a tough race. Yeah. Race number five. Um, and we're gonna finish this pick five. Wow, I can't talk at all now. Numbers of eight thousand last five starts, and these numbers of eight thousand races, they are kind of a mishmash, right? You have horses stepping up, you have horses dropping back. John, where'd you go? Race number five. I went a few deep. I mean, I used uh, went to the inside of the gate. I used the boss. Said the boss has been racing. Uh, I mean, he's been racing really well right now. He's just he's just sharp. Uh, jaws inside picks up. McClure's had success with uh, with this horse. He just seems to be figuring it out right now. Uh, did, showed up when he first came back. Showed some promise, and then just doing a bunch of clunkers. But he really he's really racing well. He's really he's kind of developed as a as a pretty good closer now. And uh, I think that he's going to be, if he's in a good spot, he can, he can win with that kick. The same goes for the three. It's in the stars. I mean, this horse was absolutely, I mean, climbing over uh, a couple of rivals, uh, two starts back and he paced home in 26 and four. I mean, he just missed if there was, if he gets out soon, if there was any more racetrack, I mean that, I mean, he, he would have gotten the win at the, at the non-runners of 3000 condition. He moves up last week. I mean, second over, I mean, the half went in 57. It was a pretty, they were, they were pretty slow, uh, Quarters in between a roll with the flow just kind of got his own way and was able to pace away. I mean, it's you. Can, what more can you ask? The horse still paced home on 26 and four. It's really hard to gain on a leader like roll with the flow who was, uh, who was bet down, had his own way and was an easy winner in that, in that race. So I am going to use him and then going to go to the outside and use uh, Fabrizio as well. The eight horse I'm, was, a, was a vet scratch on the 14th, had a start, uh, didn't really do much, paced home on 26 and four. Came out again, drew post nine, and, and again didn't didn't really do much. But now McNair's listed again, and I mean, if he sticks with this, you know he's going to give this um, this horse a shot. I mean, they pair up well together. He hasn't driven him in a little while. He's actually opted out for some different horses um, in those contests. But if he's back, you you, you best believe he's going to be uh, giving this one a shot from the outside. And I guess he might put in a speed play. But it's interesting to see which direction he he goes because he is listed on this one as well as. As Yatsilster, who did qualify against some really tough, uh, tough competitors, but I, I won't use him. I mean, the wood, he qualified against Woodmere Steeldew and Utrid, who are probably going to be looking to be placed in that uh, in that new uh, Holland uh, pacing series, right? For for those uh, older pacers, and uh, th- I mean, those are much tougher rivals than than what he in this in that qualifier than what he's facing here. But I am I'm going to leave him out and probably want to see one. Um, he's not one that's the most reliable, but I'm going to go with one, three, and eight here. Yeah, I agree <clears throat> Agree with you on a lot of these. Uh, I'm trying to look right now. I want to see if the changes are up for Saturday for that. Just because I think that this is very important as far as driver switches for Saturday. Maybe not quite yet. I'm just checking. Sorry. So it looks like McNair did stick with Fabrizio. So uh, according to Standard Bread Canada, that's where I'm looking right now. So this is a very important and because uh, obviously if he picks Yacht Silster there, that's, you know, that says something. Agree on the one, three and eight. Uh, the boss said one, two back against tough ones. And, uh, you know, was basically shot out of a cannon in that race. Now it was two to five and back that up with a strong second to back straight gambler who was a huge favorite. This horse raced pretty well there. Uh, McClure's back and uh, 
He knows how to drive this horse. So I think he has a puncher's chance. I, I agree on it's in the stars. The question of what kind of trip are you going to get? If he eventually does get a trip, I think that he's going to, to crush. And uh, if he keeps throwing those 26 and four kickers, that's going to serve him extremely well, especially versus these horses. And then you mentioned McNair and Fabrizio. This horse has a ton of back class and he tends to wake up off drops, right? When, when you get a horse that, that has been racing, knocking heads with the commanding officers, with the South Beach Hanovers, those are those are top horses, codenamed Cigar Box in the lines, things like that. He needs sort of a forward trip to be effective. He's going to get a forward trip with McNair here, I would suspect. Uh, depending on what the two does, probably is one, two early. That gives him a chance late. So one, three, eight to finish. And we'll cap our tickets here. John, give us your ticket. So it is uh, four, five, and nine in the first. Second race is one, two. Third race is just the two. And fourth race is six, seven. And then the fifth race is one, three, eight. I believe that's 36 bucks for a dollar. Okay, I'm just a little bit more. I'm one, five, eight in the first. Uh, the one, two with the one, with the three. With the four eight ten, with the one three eight, um, that's fifty four for a dollar, ten dollars eighty cents for twenty cents, and again, go uh, download programs woodbine.com backslash mohawk. We got one more race to talk about, and it's uh, the feature race here on Saturday night, and it's race number nine, preferred pacers. Now, short but uh, stellar field. You have uh, a couple returnees here. And uh, a very, very interesting race. I, I feel like almost any of them could probably win this, given the right scenario. What say you, John? Yeah, this is a this is a pretty good field. I mean, um, now you've got Wheels on Fire, who's who's come back and he's he's racing well now. Um, Woodmere Steel, obviously, he beat Salzburg Victor last week. He came up the inside, and you have so much more entered in this um, in this preferred now. Uh, I mean, I guess the Philly and Mare preferred didn't really fill up so now you have this week so now you've got her back in with the boys and then you've got Utrid who's coming back like I said he's probably gearing up for that that Holland pacing series so he's coming off three qualifiers I, I would guess you want to get him tight ahead of that I'm not really sure what the game plan is in terms of how hard he'll be raced tonight but um, he'll be pointed forward for that so I, I'm going to go back with the horse who's raced the sharpest even though he got beat at Salzburg Victor I probably thought he should have won that race too um I mean, I think that I don't even think that Sorry might have seen Woodmere Steel uh, Steel Deal come up the inside and beat him. Surprised he didn't keep the rail closed. I again, I'm not horseman. I don't really know if the horse just kind of drifted if he got a bit tired. But the I mean, he could only get beat by one rival, and it was the rival up the inside. Um, I won't fault him too much for that. I still the horse still raced exceptionally well. Uh, so that's the horse I'm gonna I'm gonna side with him to to come right back and uh I mean get the win again. But Woodmere Steel Deal, like I said, he, he qualified as well. That's another one aiming for that series. I'm not sure how many others in here will be will be racing uh, will be aiming for that. But I'm going to go with Salzburg Victor to kind of hopefully start a new win streak in here. But it, it's a small field, but it, it it is competitive. I will say that. Yeah, and and you have American history in here, right? So what does does he do to races? He he tends to rip them in, apart uh, when he's when he's uh, at his best because he's so speedy. And he, you know, last week, 53 and four to the half, uh, 121 and one to three quarters it, at, at any level, that is a wicked pace. And that turns races on its head, regardless if he finishes it out or not. 
Uh, last week he did not. He came home twenty nine and one. Raced well enough. Just just kind of got beat. But some of these horses in here, like you said, are prepping. Some are coming off layoffs. Some are looking for bigger fish. And Salzburg Victor has missed a week too. Uh, so much more. I feel like is back to herself. Did beat you know the uh, the Phillies and mares now back in with the boys. Uh, I'm curious to see what sort of price that you get on her. She's sort of the interesting one to me because, you know, some of these other ones have missed a little time or have prepped or things like that. And, and she might get that, that second over type trip. And uh, that might be very effective here, especially if horses are chasing. Salzburg Victor has been very good, but he, he went down to defeat on, on January 28th. Now he's going to have company up front again. Um, I think it's a tough race. And uh, so if you like something, you know, don't be afraid to bet it. You're going to get, I think you're going to get fair prices on most of these horses. There's not going to be any horse that's three to five in this race. There's, you know, and, and if you're interested in a, like a U-Tread coming back off the bench, you're you're probably going to get six, seven, eight, ten 10 to one there because your Salzburg Victor is going to take money. So much more always takes her money. She has her fans, even against the boys. If you look back those last couple times she faced the boys, she was favored even against Salzburg Victor. So she tends to take her money. Wheels on Fire comes off a 26-1 and one kick. He tends to take a lot of money. He's been sub-2-1 to one against these horses the past couple times. If you like something, bet it. Uh, I'm interested in Salzburg Victor also, but the trip is going to be very curious, and, and I want to see how these returnees do. So I think it's a good race, very interesting, and, and it's going to uh, anchor that late pick four, pick five type. Uh, so... You probably want to get that one right if uh, you want to advance, and, and hopefully you, you can uh, shrink down in that short field. It's a tough race, though. All right, so we've been going for quite a while here, and uh, we're at 45 minutes. John, plug anything that you're, you're doing right now. Uh, you know, Tell us about the magazine. What sort of stories are you working on? Can't, I don't want to say too much because I can't really say too much, but I'm working on a couple good stuff. I did write, like I, I think I touched on it last time, I – I did write a nice um, breeders piece uh, speaking to some of the best breeders in Ontario and Canada, actually, as uh, I spoke to Kelly of Surdale Farms and um, spoke to George Millard, spoke to Bob McIntosh, kind of just to see what, what their process is behind uh, breeding, what works, what they recommend. I mean, those are some of the best. I mean, they, I mean, look at Bob McIntosh, he, he breeds and trains his own, right? I mean, you can argue he's probably uh, the best um just, just by virtue of, of that. But George Millard just had so much success and he's got a, a great trainer in Nicolucci who we've um, spoken to and he does, I mean, he raved about him and, and the job that he that he does with the horses, obviously looking out for the, the, the well-being of the animal too. That's what he really respects about him. So that's another guy who's just done a fantastic job. So it was really interesting to kind of pick their mind. And I was learning a bit of the breeding side a little bit too. That was the best part about it too is I wasn't, I mean, I'm still learning more about the game. Um, speaking of those guys, definitely helps. But there's some great stuff. Like I said, um, my boss did a phenomenal piece on Bulldog Hanover, the oral history of it. Uh, that is in the the issue that just uh, the February issue. And I tell you, it's a really great piece just from when Bulldog started off, um, even before he sold, how he was in, in the farm and just the process behind all of it. It, it was a fantastic piece. I recommend if anybody has their hands on the magazine or, or or doesn't they should just look to find a way to read it because that oral history was it was really really interesting um to read everybody's comments i mean you had comments from randy to trevor 
um, to Jody from just everybody who along the process from when he was from when Bulldog was born until he retired. So it was a really fascinating piece to hear everybody's um, thoughts, including Jack Darling, just the process of term and the series of events that took place leading up to the, the year that was. All right. Definitely have to check that out because <clears throat> that sounds very interesting. I, I can't wait to read that actually. I'm going to have to get my hands on that. So a couple things to plug, uh, go to nahupix.com, check out the races that we usually have all week. Meadows, Kevin has Meadows. Kevin Ploucha actually doing some Mohawk for us on Friday. He had eight winners last Friday. So what are we going to do? We're going to let him do the picks for nahupix.com on Friday for Mohawk. Uh, you'll have my stuff for Thursday and Saturday this week. I'm also doing picks for Ontario Racing. So I have London tonight's Flambro tomorrow, London on Friday. Uh, we have our usual cast. Um, we have uh, Rod Adams Jr. I think John's going to do be back on Meadowlands this weekend, right? Right, John? Yes, correct. I will be. Okay, so we, we have John back. And his. you have to check out his analysis on Meadowlands because he's very in-depth. He's giving you prices constantly. And Jeff does a great job, too. Uh, so Jeff had actually a very good weekend last weekend for Meadowlands. We have Rosecroft uh, during the week. Uh, we have some Century be coming back soon. So we have a lot of stuff this summer. So check out NahuPix.com. Go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Check out PTF's latest podcast. He's doing a lot of horse player podcasts right now. Uh, the Mike Maloney podcast from last week. Phenomenal. Can't recommend it enough. Jump on, get that. This week, he's starting a new series with another horse player named Sean Borman, who's a, an excellent horse player. Uh, this is a guy that's in the trenches. That's another pod you need to check out. I mean, his his pods right now with these horse players, especially these pro horse players that they're talking about ups and downs and and different things that they're using to stay alive in the game and and uh, some of the troubles that they've had, some of the uh, huge wins and 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 huge moments that they've had. You have to listen to these podcasts. They're very engaging. Uh, they're very informational, and I, I very highly recommend those. So go to InMoneyPodcast.com. I'm not sure if Edison will be back next week. Uh, maybe he'll still be sitting like in a cabana chair or something with a drink and an umbrella. I don't, I don't know what he's up to, but uh, check out the racing this weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, have a good one.